If you're a founder, business owner, or someone who's trying to figure it out and you've ever felt frustrated, frantic, or unfulfilled, then you're in the right place. My name is Tara Payton. I'm a marketing strategist and consultant who's worked with hundreds of founders. And I am here to tell you there is a space for you to center yourself, get focused, experience fulfillment, and live in flow because you deserve it. I am here to walk you through the phases of life and business most won't, and we will own each stage together. Sometimes I'll be joined by other founders, friends, and special guests who are willing to share the highs and lows of their journey and have since found their own flow. Welcome to Found the Flow. Now let's get you to step into yours. I am joined here by a special guest, Lashana West. Now, let me just say, look, she already turned. (laughs) I love it. Um, So let me just say, I really, really admire what you do, especially how, and I'm going to let you explain it, how you've packaged yourself to help people with their mindset Mm -hmm. and their money mindset specifically. Introduce yourself first, because then my question is going to be a good follow-up. Sure thing. So my name is Lashana West. I'm a business therapist, and I support entrepreneurs to help them move the mental blocks that are stopping them from scaling in the way of them really thriving in life and business. So think of imposter syndrome, the overthinking, the overanalyzing analyzing the shrinking Mm. I help you eradicate that okay so here's my question have you always been had a strong mindset yes and the reason why is because it was forced like growing up in a dysfunctional child in a dysfunctional home um i call it drug sex and rock and roll like literally off the chain right and Mm -hmm. i think that's what pushed me to be a therapist because i wanted to make sure i didn't repeat the cycle Mm -hmm. but when you think about having to fend for yourself growing up in just chaos you have to either have a strong mindset Mm -hmm. or or go on to your own devices. So now as an adult, I'm realizing, yeah, I actually have always had it. Mm -hmm. And then over time, I was able to use it and leverage it in life and in business. So I want you to think back to baby Lashana, Mm -hmm. or maybe like, you know, teenager, a little younger than that, right? Yeah. With what you just described, drug, sex, and rock and roll, Mm -hmm. what were you thinking at that time? Were you kind of like sitting in it and thinking this is crazy or because like you said a lot of people sometimes they can just go off to their own devices and kind of become what they're around Mm -hmm. but for you it was very different so talk to me about kind of what you were thinking what you were seeing and how you were feeling in that time yeah so I mean growing up at the end of the day a kid is a kid's But kids also know when something's not right. Mm. And so, you know, my dad was in the military. My mom met him in Germany. She was married at the time, got divorced, married my dad. They had me. I was born in Germany. Mm -hmm. So every time I would apply for college, I have to have that little certificate, student born abroad, (laughs) right? And we would travel all over. You would think it was the happy family, but inside, they're doing all the things, they're on drugs, and I call it functioning addicts. Mm. And if you don't know what a functioning addict is, it's, it's literally you're able to go to work, you're able to do all the things, but when you get home, off the chain. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I grew up in, and I knew it wasn't right, but I, what can a kid do? Mm-hmm. So I kind of just built my own coping skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got divorced around when I was like nine or 10, but my mom continued to do drugs. Mm-hmm. And so that's when I was literally fending for myself, um, stealing clothes so I could be looking cute at school. Everybody thought, oh my God, LaShawn has it all together. They mm-hmm. voted me best dress, but literally no, 
-hmm. That's not what was really going on. And I feel like that's kind of the filters that we see Mm -hmm. where, oh, I want to be like that. I want to be like him. I want to be like her. But what really happens when the lights go off and you end the lives? Mm -hmm. We really don't know what's really going on in people's homes and what they're really going through. That's so true. Mm -hmm. So I actually grew up in a home with a parent that was a functioning addict. Okay. And I did not know that my parent was an addict until one experience I was nosy as a child, Mm -hmm. right? So one night I was kind of like peeking down the stairs and I saw them do the drugs. Hmm. But then it didn't, I didn't realize, or at that point, I think things started to click. So like things started to get stolen, things started to go missing. So was it blatantly exposed to you? Well, I mean, it wasn't like they were doing it in front of us, but now I know it's intuition. I could be on the phone with my mom Mm -hmm. and I would know that she was high. Mm. And she'd be like, I'm not high, but I could just hear it. I could hear the change of her demeanor. Um, if I could see her, she didn't even have to talk to me, her mannerisms. Mm-hmm. And so now I know I was just very keen on energy. Mm-hmm. But um, it wasn't blatant in regards to they're doing it in front of us. But, I mean, I would see her picking things off the floor, looking at it to see if it was crack. You know what I'm saying? Got it. And I don't think that addicts are cognizant of their environment to know people someone's watching you do that Mm -hmm. they're just trying to get a fix right Mm -hmm. and i just want to say you know both my parents have been clean for like 10 to 15 years Mm -hmm. amen yes (laughs) yes but this is the thing and i always tell people everything that happens in life happens for us Mm. i would not be here i would not be a therapist i would not be an effective parent had i not went through what i went through because that showed me what i didn't want to repeat and so yeah man it's it's crazy but also i think everything happens for a reason Mm -hmm. and yeah i'm just so excited to be here yes so i applaud both of your parents my parent my parent has also been clean for over a decade close to maybe two decades at this point um so i applaud your parents my parent as well I want to kind of tap into you as a mother now, mm-hmm. right? So from that experience, what did you take away from it that you wanted to um, instill in your daughter? And was there any, was there any good that you took away from it? Because you said there were things that you knew you did not want to do, right? right? So that's like the, the very, um, I guess, blatant things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't want to do drugs. You didn't want to raise your child in chaos. Right. But was there anything positive that you pulled from that experience that you now instilling your daughter? Yeah, most definitely. I think the number one thing is that people, all people want to do well, mm-hmm. but they can only do with what they have. Mm-hmm. And if you think of the 1980s, that was the crack epidemic, right? My mom's mom was like 14, 15 when she had her. My mom had her first child when she was 13, 14. Mm -hmm. So someone has to break the cycle. So what I learned from it was my mom was a hard worker. She was very determined. Mm -hmm. She was very, her mindset was strong because she said, I'm going to do this crack. I don't care. It's going to go down. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when you have a skill set, you got to figure out, are you going to use it to leverage in a positive way Mm -hmm. or a negative way? Mm -hmm. And so the things that I picked up hustle, like making things work no matter what. Um, making sure that you don't let things get you down to where you're going down a negative slope and you just can't deal. Mm. I still had to wake up every morning and go to school. I still had to act like everything was great, even though I might have been up to un- until one, two in the morning hearing domestic violence and glass being thrown against the door. Mm-hmm. I still had to keep functioning. So now I truly believe 
with the resiliency, that's why I'm able to be such a an impactful thought leader, speaker, therapist, etc. Mm-hmm. Because of the past that I was able to endure and move through. Now, how does that? What does this now? How does this now translate into your business? Right? Yeah. So the reason why I'm like smiling is because I just realized that everything is coming together full circle, right? Mm. So when I first got into mental health, I was a youth advocate, like a, they call it a youth care worker. Mm-hmm. And I worked with at-risk youth and I love working with them because I used to be an at-risk youth. At, at-risk youth is not just someone who's gang affiliated or out robbing people. Mm-hmm. They come from an at-risk home, very vulnerable to dysfunction. Mm-hmm. And so when I would work with those kids, they related to me. I, and even now I, I put a little slang, I put a little professionalism because I like to have fun and no one wants to be stiff. Right. So I would teach them, but I would have fun with them, but still hold them accountable. Mm-hmm. My program's called Accountability On Demand. Mm-hmm. I went from serving youth and at-risk families to now being a business therapist but I'm still doing the same thing, changing behavior, depending on what the problem is and helping them choose a different solution. Mm -hmm. So I think many times we think that we gotta add these new skills to our toolbox. You literally have everything you need. You just gotta figure out how is it transferable Mm -hmm. so you can still do what you love, do what you already know, but do it in a way that serves you and serves your audience. Mm -hmm. Now, as you were um, working with the children, I know you said you kind of added your own flavor to Mm -hmm. it, right? Made it less stiff um, and more relatable to the kids. Um, What was your experience like working with children and why did you kind of transition from working with children to now? Like what was the the need that you saw or the gap that you saw in entrepreneurs? So I loved working with kids and actually that's really what I'm excellent at. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm cool with what I do now, but put me in a room with kids who are not motivated, who have no hope and they just don't know what to do. They're going to leave ready to go be the president. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're kids. We, yes. we were them, right? And so working with youth, the thing is, we can work with youth, but they would always go back home to the same environment. Mm. The parents had to have some programming, some new skills. And so I'm also a certified parent coach. But um, so I pivoted and started doing more leadership, working with adults. Mm-hmm. So the same company that I worked for, for the youth, promoted me to be like program director, CEO, et cetera. So I started serving and working with adults. And from there, at the end of the day, it's just about support. Mm-hmm. If you have support, you literally can go from being homeless mm-hmm. to being an executive in a corner suite if you want to. Mm-hmm. And so what I learned is that if you give people support and you give them the tools, they have to choose if they want to use them. Mm-hmm. But I'm all about exhausting all resources. I'm making sure that you have everything that you need, because if I keep pushing and they're not receiving, then it's enabling. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm like going around and around. But at the end of the day, I end up working with entrepreneurs because I wanted to stretch. Like I just started working with entrepreneurs probably about four years ago when I moved to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Before that, I didn't even know what entrepreneurship was. I didn't Mm. even know that I was a creative. Mm. Like I used to do plays in elementary and uh, write the script and have them audition where I was doing all of the things (laughs) that we do right now. Right. Just because I wanted to have fun. I wanted to make people laugh and I knew I was going to be on somebody's TV Mm -hmm. and I made my own table. Mm -hmm. And here you are. (laughs) <laughs> so if you weren't a business therapist what would you yes. be? yes um i think more so 
talk show host, someone like a Oprah um, who brings conversations to the table. Mm-hmm. She's still a thought leader. She's still helping, but she's opening up avenues for the other person to share their story. Mm-hmm. And then it's just a domino effect. And honestly, I'm, that's what I'm going to end up doing mm-hmm. continuously because I'm still doing business therapy, even if I'm sitting on a couch yes. working with somebody. Mm-hmm. But now the audience is bigger and more people can have an impact. Mm-hmm. Have you ever found yourself attached to a particular person that you've been working with in a way that you mentioned, like sometimes if you're pushing, Mm -hmm. you know, it's kind of becomes enabling. Have you ever found yourself too attached to the outcome of someone that you're working with, whether it was a child or the entrepreneurs you work with, or even the parent experience? Um, I have really, really good boundaries. Okay. Right. So I would say when I first started entrepreneurship, I would attach myself to their result Mm. and I had to learn no. And that's why I never promised I'm help you make six figures. I'm help you be a millionaire. No, I'm going to help you reframe your mindset, get out of your own way, mm-hmm. give you the tools so you can soar in life and business. What they choose to do with the tools is up to them. But my mindset, I had to work on that because if they didn't win, okay, did I do a good job? Um, was my service effective? And now I know, yes, it most definitely was, but there was a time when I would kind of waver in that, in that thought. Mm-hmm. And what helped you th- through that? Like uh, recognizing that your success is not attached to what they do mm-hmm. with your services. Learning over time mm-hmm. and just understanding we can't make anyone do anything. Mm-hmm. It, they have to want it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always say repel and attract. If you're your authentic self, you will repel those who are not a good fit mm-hmm. and attract those that are. Because when we shrink and we try to fake it, we're attracting those who aren't really attracted to our true brand. And then there's going to be a disconnect. They're not going to meet their goals because it's like a false pretense. They signed up for something that wasn't real. Mm -hmm. And so within my brand, I definitely infuse confidence and authenticity so we can early on connect with those who should be in alignment with us. Mm -hmm. So I would love for you to walk us through like the steps that you take people through Mm -hmm. as a business therapist. What does that look like? What are the key steps? You don't have to share all the all the yeah. gems, but like what are the key steps that you walk people through and what is their transformation at each phase? Yeah, great question. So she's asking about my framework, guys. <laughs> yes. Um, so I have a succeed method and it's a play on words with mm-hmm. the word succeed, but mm-hmm. there's six C's. Mm-hmm. And I won't go through all of them, but the first one is courage. It used to be confidence, right? but you can't gain confidence if you don't even have the courage to think about what you wanna be, articulate it and actually do it. Mm -hmm. And so we work on courage. What is literally, what's really, really holding you back? What happened in the past? Is there some imposter syndrome? Is there some unresolved trauma? Or were you bullied in the past and that's still sticking with you? Mm -hmm. So once we dig deep and find out the root cause of what the dysfunction is, and when I say dysfunction, it's literally mindset block. So whether it's money mindset block, confidence, um, social anxiety, or even you not realizing how dope you are, but but the world sees it, which Mm -hmm. imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. So we get to the root cause of that. And then that's when the clarity, that's the next C, and the confidence builds. And from there, I work with them on content creation Mm -hmm. so they could be their full authentic selves and invite people to what they have, their transformation, right? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and once we're continuously working through that, and this is the thing, it's like they go through mindset loops. So, mm. okay, I'm courageous, I'm ready. I start creating that content, nobody's liking, nobody's subscribing, nobody's watching my live. I'm doing all the things and I got like three people. Mm -hmm. Y'all want something from the, from the store? <laughs> right? Right. But it's persistence. If mm. you keep going, there's a compound effect to where, okay, Lashana's consistent, she's showing up. I kind of like her, let me click. And you, people have to warm up to you and you have to build your know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. And then from there is literally where you have to be a champion for yourself and your brand. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, every day, I know entrepreneurs are like, I don't know if I want to do this. This is a lot. Mm -hmm. I right? was ready to quit last week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then my question is, who will miss out and what will happen if you stop? Right. I think fear is so small when you think about the impact. Mm. And so it's literally the journey of the mindset, the content, the clarity, the confidence, and then that's where the cash flow comes in. Mm -hmm. A lot of people wanna go directly to the cash flow. Right. I wanna make money, I wanna be an entrepreneur, I wanna right. leave my nine to five. Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. But what happens when A and B doesn't equal to C? Are you gonna give up or are you gonna keep trying, testing and tweaking? Mm -hmm. Shout out to Abu, because those are not my bars. <laughs> and maybe he got it from somebody, I don't know, but they're not mine and I use them a lot. You just have to keep going and be persistent. Like I left my nine to five 10 months ago. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about 80, 90K, full benefits, full 401K. Like right now, I'm still nervous. Even though my business is going well, mm -hmm. I'm not exempt even though I'm a mindset coach. Mm -hmm. I'm on LinkedIn like, let's see what's out there just in case. Right, right. But guess what? God said, no. Mm -hmm. You're going to keep doing what you're doing. You're going to keep making an impact. And I'm just listening and taking it day by day. Hey, if you want to figure out how to go from being a frantic founder to a founder in the flow, then you better go ahead and get on my email list. Take the quiz to find out where you are currently in the founder's journey, how it impacts your marketing, and I'll send you information straight to your inbox that is known to get you in flow, keep you in flow, and get consistent customers and cash flow coming to your company. So go ahead and take the quiz. It's linked in the show notes, and I will see you next time. So it's really important to have the foundation, essentially, because as you are um, stepping into entrepreneurship or evolving in this entrepreneurship journey, there's going to be ebbs and flows. So yes. what I heard from you is that the mindset um, loops. Mm -hmm. So like mindset goes like this, some days you're up, some days you're down. Kind of right. like my um, physics professor in college, mm -hmm. he was asking us our signs, this is a little aside. He was like, you know, what's your signs? And I'm a Gemini. He was like, oh, you moody. Sometimes <laughs> you're up and sometimes you're down, right? And so that's what the mindset blocks yes. are like, or the mindset loops are like. Correct. Um, but I want to talk about the mindset blocks. Mm -hmm. Where, at what stage of the loop do they appear? Do they appear everywhere on the mindset loop? Can they just come from nowhere? Or right. are these things that once you get over them, you pretty much are golden and you don't have to work on them again? No, you'll never get over them. Mm. You will move through them and learn how to cope, mm. how to deal, feel, and heal. They resurface at different times depending on who, what, when, and where. And I call that the trigger tracker. Mm. Track your triggers. Will Smith was triggered. And mm -hmm. his outcome was up to him on how he wanted to handle the situation, mm -hmm. right? If I'm driving and someone cuts me off, I'm triggered. I can cuss them out, I can ignore them, or I can hit them with my car. It's up mm -hmm. to me on what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So the mindset blocks resurface, in my opinion, 
at different levels of our evolution. Mm -hmm. So when you first get started, there's some mindset, there's some lack of confidence. You start getting a couple clients, you're getting some momentum, you're in a different price bracket, and mm -hmm. now you're like, oh God, is this sustainable? Mm -hmm. Can I really scale? Do I really wanna do what I'm doing or do I wanna evolve into this next level? Mm -hmm. Here comes the mindset blocks again, right? And as you continuously keep going, they get better, but you have to be consistent in addressing them. Because mm -hmm. life still happens. Absolutely. You're getting married. You're getting divorced. You're pregnant. You lost your first client who's been with you for years. All of these different variables are going to continuously come, mm -hmm. but you still have to show up and act like everything's peachy keen. Mm -hmm. That will start to wear on you. And so you got to do your inner work, your self work, make sure your self care is unlocked, make sure you're connected to the right people. Mm -hmm. And I call it assess people, places and things that don't serve you. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we picking up these different people, these different relationships, doing these different things. Is it serving you? Right. And if it's not and you keep doing it, the, you're more vulnerable to the mindset blocks. As far as triggers are concerned, you choose how you respond to that trigger. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have not been taught in or have not practiced it. Because right. I think for me, I don't think I've ever really been taught how to respond to things when I'm triggered. I just know that there's an outcome to right. everything that I do. And I have to deal with those consequences, mm -hmm. right? Good or bad. So for those people who may not know how to deal with triggers, have never really understood what triggers are, right. break down like something simple that they can do when they're fit. Like, first of all, how do you know when you're triggered? Yeah. That's the first part. And then what is something that you can do to kind of help you respond, um, not in a reactive way, but actually have a response to the trigger? Got you. So you're right. Most people aren't taught what to do when something happens. Mm -hmm. If a child does something, the parent will usually say what? Stop doing that. Right. They don't give a rationale. Stop hitting that wall because blank may happen. Mm -hmm. Stop doing that. So we grow up just stopping something, but not really Understand. analyzing, mm -hmm. understanding, and assessing what happened. I'm going to do this, etc. So a trigger literally is something that is tapping on a hot button. Mm. Right now, we have feelings, emotions that are suppressed and dormant. Mm. And what I mean by that, we compartmentalize, we put it in a little bucket. Here's my trauma. Let me sit it over there. Everything's great. Mm. Well, you smell a cologne of somebody that maybe did something to you or someone's talking to you in an abrasive way. And that's how your mom used to talk to you. And you used to just spaz out and get a whooping, mm. whatever the case may be. So when you're triggered, meaning you have a unconscious response. Your hands may be sweaty. It could even cause you to get a headache. Mm. See, if you don't do your work, it gets deeper and deeper in regards to what the, the physical responses are. Mm -hmm. So let me give you an easy trigger, hollering. My mom and dad used to fight in the home, mm -hmm. drug, sex, rock and roll. My mom does not talk in this tone. Mm -hmm. She hollers. And that's probably why I even talk at a more higher tone, mm -hmm. right? So if I'm somewhere and someone's hollering, I'm triggered. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, what's going on? Fight or flight. Right. What What we need to do? Let me get my uh, Vaseline. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's evolved, y'all. What's up, y'all? <laughs> um, and so first you have to be aware. And I have a, something called the 6A plus method. Mm -hmm. And my coach always talks to me about all my frameworks, but I love them. I love them. So... <laughs> Awareness. Mm -hmm. You have to be aware of when you're triggered. You could be on someone's live and they say something that hits a nerve. And when that happens to me, 
I get off. Mm-hmm. What I'm, why am I going to sit there and keep listening to them when something about it is triggering me, mm-hmm. right? And so awareness, mm-hmm. acceptance. I'm aware that I'm being triggered because A, B, and C. I'm going to accept that, but I'm going to affirm it's okay. I am safe. Mm-hmm. Give myself grace mm-hmm. and then analyze what is really going on. What do I need to do? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times it stops at the awareness. Right. And then there's a reaction. Right. Right. And we all know there's always a reaction for an action. The question is, is it positive or negative? Mm-hmm. So let me give you guys a quick example. Let's say you're working with a client and they never do what you ask them to do. They don't do their, account- I call it accountability task, but they don't do their homework, but they come to the table complaining about this isn't working, this isn't working, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. I can either get upset because I'm triggered because they're not doing their work and say, you know what, this isn't a good fit. Here you go. See you later. Mm-hmm. Or I can hold them accountable. Hey, Lashana, we've been working together. I've been asked you to do A, B, and C. What's going on? Mm-hmm. You're not completing it. Why is that? Have a conversation. Mm-hmm. They get a breakthrough. You get a breakthrough. You retain that relationship. And this is what I love about it. Me as the coach who's able to have that tough conversation, I'm getting better in my communication. There's going to be another Lashana. Mm-hmm. And instead of us avoiding when we're triggered, you have to address it, but address it in the right way. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it just depends on what it is. But productive conversations, positive conversations, optimistic conversations. Mm-hmm. You mentioned something about, you know, sometimes we have to just show up like things are peachy keen, right? Right. How detrimental is that to our mental health? by just continuing to show up when things are not good, but pretending that they are? Yes, great question. It increases your imposter syndrome Mm. because you are literally being a fraud Mm. and it's detrimental to your mental health because you're not consistent and in alignment with your actions and your thoughts. Mm. It's a discrepancy. It causes confusion. Mm -hmm. It causes lack of confidence and it increases imposter syndrome. And if anyone is like, well, what's imposter syndrome? I hear that all the time. It's literally the inner critic telling you you're not good enough, telling you you don't belong at the table and everybody's gonna know that you're a fraud sooner or later. Mm -hmm. So literally when I got a request, hey, we want you to be on the podcast, imposter syndrome would have said, why would you want? To, why would you be on their podcast? What are you going to say? Mm-hmm. You're probably going to stutter. No one's going to listen to you. It will stop you from opportunities, mm-hmm. right? And then also, it'll have you second guessing who you really are. Mm-hmm. So I might come, but I'm shrinking. I'm not really showing up as my full authentic self. And I know you didn't have that conversation. That was just an <laughs> no, example, right? It was an okay, example. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so I would love for you to talk about the entrepreneurships entrepreneurs that you work with a little bit more yes in particular as it pertains to money like how does this tie into money mindset Mm -hmm. so i think the biggest thing with the entrepreneurs i work with they don't believe that they can charge their worth Mm. but here's the thing side note we will never charge or get our worth when you think of the blood the sweat the tears our expertise our experience our passion we will never get paid our worth Mm. but can you get paid a competitive rate for your services? Yes. Mm-hmm. So most of them, they trying to charge $19, $29, $97 for four weeks. They have that nine to five mentality, charging by the hour. Oh, okay. I was about to say, what? Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So if I get paid $20 in corporate, as long as I can get paid $25, I'll charge that for an hour. Mm. Four hours, that's $100. Mm-hmm. 
It's about the transformation. It's about, like, at the end of the day, when I meet with somebody, they're going to walk away with their life change. They're going to be able to rinse and repeat what I've taught them in their life. So mm -hmm. it's not about an hourly rate, right? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, well, if I charge $1,000 for this one hour, is anybody going to buy it? And if they do buy it, I probably got to give them the world because that's a lot of money for one hour. Mm -hmm. I've never received $100 for one hour or $1,000 for one hour. Mm -hmm. So all of that is internal. Right. We're thinking of all, I say you created a whole Tyler Perry movie without a freaking script. Right. Right. You done got the, the whole thing and you've created that in your mind. Mm. So when you have those blocks, and this is the thing, like, cause I work with a spectrum of entrepreneurs, those who are just starting, mm -hmm. those who are scaling, even for those who are scaling, let's say you're making six figures, but now the scarcity mindset is coming in so you can surpass six figures so you can scale. Okay. Is it a, is it sustainable? Mm -hmm. Um, can I keep this up? Will the clients keep coming? Mm -hmm. If I evolve and pivot, will they understand the new me? All of those are the internal thoughts that we're creating and it's good to have them mm -hmm. but don't believe the feelings feelings are not facts mm -hmm. how do you not believe the feelings when there's like this and so i listen to a lot of um audio books and i read a lot of books and i recently i don't um i recently read a book or actually listened to a book by i think it was wayne dwyer wayne dwyer mm -hmm. i think is his name um, and it was talking about like the internal dialogue that we have with ourselves. It might've been Les Brown. I don't know. I listen to so many, <laughs> it just goes back and forth. Yeah. So it was like talking about that internal dialogue that you have in your head and, um, you know, who, whomever it was that I was listening to was mentioning how 90% of the thoughts that we have are negative. Mm -hmm. That's right? true. So, and some of those thoughts, to your point, are feelings, right? They're not actually like thoughts. It's like a feeling that you've created in yourself, in your head. Yes. What are some things that people can do to kind of get over that? Because mm -hmm. I've heard, you know, like shut it off in the moment. And, right. you know, those things may or may not work for different people. So I've heard people say like, oh, just shut it off. But again, to what you said earlier, sometimes when you're doing things, when you're showing up like things are peachy keen, right. right? You could try to shut it off, but your body, is still triggered like wait that's that's actually not mm -hmm. real or relevant or reality to me so what are some realistic ways that people can kind of turn down the dial because I don't know that that will ever turn off right so I call it a perception check mm. because perception is reality no matter what what you perceive that is what you see mm -hmm. but the perception check is two questions number one is there any supporting data mm. of this thought? I'm not enough. No one's going to buy my service. When I come, no one's going to talk to me. I'm going to be all alone. Mm -hmm. Is there any supporting data? More than likely, the answer is no. Mm -hmm. Is there any evidence? It's the same question. I just reframed it. Mm -hmm. More than likely, the answer is no. So when you come back and you interview that thought and the answer is no, it'll kind of let you relax because you're making it up. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the thought that you're having is a real valid thought, but you're safe. You're gonna be able to get through it mm -hmm. and everything's gonna be fine. So sometimes we just hype ourselves up. Mm -hmm. If the cable's not working, my mom acts like she's gonna have an aneurysm, right? Like that's a trigger mm -hmm. for her mm -hmm. and for me because I know what her response is gonna, gonna be. be. Yeah. And when I tell you crazy off the chain, crazy off the chain. Mm. But where did that come from? 
Why is she having that response? Because the cable's not working. I'm sure it's something deeper. Right. Right? So in short, you got to interview the thought. And no matter the answer, you have to know that you're safe. Mm -hmm. It's fight or flight. So we become anxious and depressed about things because of the unknown. Mm -hmm. You don't really know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But if you're optimistic and you know that things are going to be fine, if I'm going to an event and I'm nervous because I don't know if anyone's going to talk to me, maybe I should go and approach people and, and talk to them. Mm -hmm. Right? There's like other strategies that you can take so you're not the victim. Lashana, this has been, because <laughs> listen, I could talk to you all day and right. I, I don't want to pull all the stuff out of you because you've given us a lot already, but I really appreciate you sharing. And I love the frameworks because it makes it easy for people to remember, mm -hmm. right? Those yeah. tips that you've shared. Um, so I really appreciate you for joining today Thank and being you. on the podcast. And I would love for you to tell the audience where they can sure. find you, how they can get in touch, and if there's anything that you have coming up. Perfect. First of all, thank you for You're inviting welcome. me. We have so much fun when we connect, right? <laughs> Girl, we be turned. And how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. I'm 37. I'll okay. be 37 in a couple, you know. So we're, and I'm 39, y'all. Yeah. 39 and fine, okay? Exactly. So we're about the same age, and I just love, I didn't even know your story was similar to mine, but 1980s, we already know all the mm -hmm. things. So um, again, my name is Lashana West. You can find me at Miss West Creative Coach on all things social. And if anything I said resonated, make sure to connect. Um, I also have a way for people can, that can tap in and do a complimentary clarity call. And so um, you literally just check me out on Instagram. All the information is there. But I believe that we can have and do anything that we want, but we first mm -hmm. have to have the courage to believe it and then be open to do the work. The work mm -hmm. is not easy. Mm -hmm. It's super, I'm not gonna say hard, but um, I would say it's a journey. Mm -hmm. And if you're open to the journey, you literally can already be the person that you wanna be. You just have to do the work. I love that. Yeah. We are gonna leave it on that note, y'all. <laughs> we will see y'all on the next episode. Thank you for joining. And we will make sure all the contact information is in the show notes for you to reach out to her. Bye. Bye y'all. Now that's a wrap for this week's episode of Found the Flow. I sincerely hope you feel more aligned regardless where you are on this journey. I've centered this show around my hopes that you find a safe space as you navigate your growth. Make sure to share this on your favorite social platform, tag me while you're figuring out what being in flow means to you, and share this with your people because you really never know who can get something from the message. Until next week, may you find the flow.